What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Strictly Casual, your unoriginal podcast from unprofessional college students. Today is Friday, May 29th. I'm Vincent DeSantis. And I'm James Walmer. And welcome back, everybody. Today, we have we have 10 interesting items on the report today. And also, this is take two, because I forgot to record. We got 20 minutes in, <laughs> and we've just figured out. So uh, here we are. We're just doing this again. We got this. Um... 10 items today. We're going over The Last of Us 2 State of Play. We got a lot of next-gen news going on. Um, just, oh, what else? What else? Oh, some more game, like, uh, announcement-type dealios, like GameSpot and IGN. A lot of fun stuff. A lot of exciting news that's going to reveal more news in the future, which is awesome. Yes. How's your week been, James? Foreshadowing. Good week. Good week. Started Dark Souls 3 mm-hmm. with my boys. Um... Rage quit about three times, yeah. almost through my controller. Mm-hmm. Um, it was that was a little rough, but um, I think that was it. That was the big game that I was playing this week. Good. Uh, maybe jumped into COD a few times, but mm-hmm. you know, you know, I've been slacking the COD grind. The season ends real soon, yeah. and I'm kind of like, oh, I didn't even. I don't even think I hit battle pass fifty. Yeah. I wish it kept going because I'd probably be at like 150. It's so sad, dude. I spent way too much time in that. Dang. God. I respect the hell out of you for it. I'm just having so much fun with it. I, I can't stop. Wow. Um, wow. So yeah, I've been playing COD and then a lot more Uncharted 3, um, which has been super fun. Uh, streaming it? Streaming Uncharted 3, streaming COD. Your boy cool. is an affiliate now. Big streamer. Twitch affiliate, baby. It's Go sub. been like a year in the making, and I am so excited. Wow. Um, Wait, if I use my Amazon subscription yes. on you, do you still get money for that? I believe so. It'd be like All cents right. on the dollar, but I believe so. Okay. Um. Yeah, that'll be... We should try that out. We should see. <laughs> um, we will. But yeah, that's pretty much all I've been playing this week. Cool. Um... Let's just let's get into it. So the last let's of us it, two state of play was two days ago, yesterday. Two days ago. Two days ago. Um, okay. And James and I both watched it separately and wrote notes on it. So I think uh, I'll go for my notes, and then James, you can go for your notes. Um, we'll just yeah. kind of go over it. Basically, this state of play was uh, dedicated completely to Last of Us Two. There wasn't anything else, and it's broken up into three sections. I started with like a re-edit of uh, the Last of Us two trailers that have come out so far, and then Neil Drunkman narrates like the details about the game, some things that we haven't really learned yet, and then it ended with like a thirteen, twelve, thirteen minute gameplay sequence. Um, and it, not spoilery at all. Not spoilery, which is so great because I was very worried about it being spoilery. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the started with the re-edit of the trailers, which was perfect because. I feel like I've seen enough of this game to want to play it, um, and I didn't really want anything more, like, spoiler-wise, and so they really just wrapped it up with a nice bow, pretty much, all the trailers. It's a nice, maybe, yeah. it's a long one, too, like, probably, like, four minutes, um, Yeah, but it's it was perfect for me. Uh, and then we get to Neil Drunkman narrating things about The Last of Us 2. He says, most of the game takes place in Seattle and the Pacific Northwest, um, Gang, gang. Gang, gang for James, which is hecka cool. 
The last big it's Seattle cool. game I played was probably Infamous Second Son. Infamous? Yeah. Yeah. Which is a damn good game. Love it. It's uh, a damn good game. So there's large environments in the game, uh, and there will be horseback riding. And the horseback riding looks awesome. It looks beautiful. I was telling James in the last uh, take we just did of the podcast, I was gushing about uh, Ellie riding on the horse into Seattle, and there's like, these green hills, but then Seattle's all gross and like grown over and stuff, and it looked so mm-hmm. good. Like Ellie's hair was like waving every time the horse trotted and the grass is moving. It's like it's ridiculous. Um, so all the environments will have full seasonal shifts over the course of the game. Um, they showed snow, rain, uh, hotter environments, forest, all sorts of stuff. It's gonna be it looks pretty diverse in the environments. Yeah. Um, it says you'll be surviving against militia groups and the infected. So in this game, there's two militia groups. Um, there's a religious like cult uh, militia group, and then what was the other one called? Or what was the other one? It's called the Washington Liberation Front, and the the original the religious cult is called the Seraphites or the Scars. There you go. Yeah. Which is due to them scarring themselves um, for religious cult reasons. Yeah. And the other faction is the Washington Liberation Front. Which is more of like just the military martial law sort of highly trained and well equipped, Got it. Um, yeah, military faction. So those will be different kinds of gameplay too, right? That's what they said. Yeah, two different types of gameplay scenarios because the the scars or the seraphites are more stealthy. Okay. And then the Washington Liberation Front is very like um, headstrong, very like big guns, big, big, big. Yeah, like in your face. Okay, sweet. That'll be fun. That'll be good. Mm-hmm. Um, I Gameplay wrote variety, baby. I wrote that this game is very fluid compared to the first game. Uh, you're able to vault and jump on stuff, uh, climb up things. There's full traversal now. Um, well, not full traversal. I would say that there's areas where you can go. You can enter buildings from separate directions now. It's not like you have to go through these doors. Uh, there's different positionings you can get into before you start encounters, which in The Last of Us 1 you did not really have. Um, so I think that's going to be super interesting for the gameplay, especially with the infected. Um, and then I wrote Ellie can swim with three exclamation marks. Because in the first game, do you remember, <laughs> with Joel, you had to put Ellie like on a wooden pallet and then like swim to that. another side, and it was so annoying. Mm-hmm. That was the worst. Uh, and mm-hmm. then I wrote Vita, because at one point Ellie swims, gets out of the uh, lake or whatever, and there's this uh, Scar, one of the militia faction chicks. Um, I think it was Washington Liberation Front. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I think that's where that area was. Dang. Well, anyways, she was playing a Vita, and I was like, I feel like that would have been something that should have been kept as a fun thing for the final game and not shown here. But which makes me suspect mm-hmm. there's going to be more things like that. Mm-hmm. Be- she was playing um, Hotline Miami. Was she really? It was, yeah, it was Hotline Miami. Oh, music. I love it. Um, yeah, so that was pretty cool. I already talked about the traversal. And then... Okay, at the end of the gameplay, um, Ellie busts into this room, and there's this girl that she calls Nora. 
and I did not hear that her name was Mora, Nora when I first watched it, so I thought it was like an older version of The Last of Us Left Behind, like that DLC girl, but mm-hmm. it's not. I, I'm pretty sure I'm wrong on that one. And I is don't it know someone from it the end of the first game? I'm trying to think where, like... Is there a Nora... It's worth looking up because I literally have no idea. I tried to do some research, but I couldn't find anything on it. Like, anything that um, would make sense. Hold on. Here is this article that says, Last of Us 2, who is Nora? State go. of play broadcast ends in mystery. Mm-hmm. Um, but its cliffhander, cliffhanger ending has also resulted in fans asking who the bloody hell is Nora. Regardless of who hell. she is, her yep. appearance lends credence to the belief the huge spoilers didn't leak the entire game's plot as not once was a Nora ever mentioned before yesterday's showcase. Completely cool. new character. That's nice to know. We have no idea what's going on with Nora. Okay. Um, moving cool. on to my notes. Yeah, James, Any other thoughts, Finn? Mu- no, yours are much more detailed, so this is good. Do you do yours live? Yeah, I just did this live real quick. But I was also oh, okay. pretty infatuated with what was happening, so I kind of went skimpy. <laughs> it's okay. Um... <laughs> totally okay okay so starting right off the bat as Vinny touched on um the story spans every season and so um in washington that means pretty much rain gray sky and sun um and you mean that also means you get a lot of colors Mm -hmm. i'm hoping that so a big part of um seattle i live like an hour away from seattle so um i was actually in seattle yesterday um Yeah, um, a big part of the University of Washington campus in Seattle is um, their cherry blossoms. Okay. And so I'm hoping that maybe sometime in the game of the spring we have a scene of Ellie, um, like, walking through cherry blossoms Mm -hmm. in an overgrown University of Washington, maybe. That'd be very cool. Which might be very cool, but I am just, I love cherry blossoms. Um, (laughs) Yeah. All caps, I have Seattle, baby, represent. Mm-hmm. Um, there's new traversal mechanics that they introduced. Um, one of the big things is ropes. You can use I those to swing around the map from place to place, and you can use it. Um, you can just simply drop them down to get uh, to and from um, elevated ground. Mm-hmm. Like you see here on an overpass, and she's dropping it from the top of an overpass down below so that she can get back and forth between the overpass very um, efficiently. There is boats that you see uh, Ellie cranking the motor mm-hmm. of a just like a, a pontoon boat, and she's going around some of the swampy um, area around Seattle. Wait, did it I show assume. her driving the boat? Or was it just cinematic? It did show her driving oh, okay. the boat. Cool. She was driving the boat around. Um, there are two warring factions that we touched on earlier, the Washington Liberation Front and the Seraphites or the Scars. Um, there are three, sorry, four types of infected that they touched on. Mm-hmm. There's the recently infected runners who are more of like the newer infected and agile. they're faster and agile. Um, there's the clickers, which we know about already. The stalkers. Do you remember if the stalkers were in the first game? Um, I don't remember. When I think of the infected from the first game, the clickers are the, like, they just, that's the only thing I think about. (laughs) So I don't remember. Okay, so they had, 
they had stalkers too which are just quiet and like very jump scary yeah um there's also new stages of infected um which they revealed one which is the shambler Mm -hmm. or as what i call the cloudy boys they're like big Mm -hmm. and thicky and they get up in your face and then they release like uh poison gas which i feel like i remember in the first game something like um, that yeah they at least yeah so i'm like wait is this new well, actually, um, what I think is in the first game, there was these spores, like, on the walls or whatever, and there's mm. one point where you have to shoot the spores, but there was gas everywhere, and it was very similar looking to the gas that those uh, things let out. Got so it. that could have been. Um, another, they showed footage of, like, a huge infected, like, who was, like, jacked, like, really big boy, like, really tanky. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't name him or... Um, describe him at all but you do see it in a little um like four second yeah clip right it's him like swinging something around and he i was like i don't want to fight this guy Me neither, bro. um um there are further emphases on stealth well, before, um, with the use of tall grass they also right before they stopped talking about the infected they cut to a black screen and they said there's more like we haven't told you about that we want you to experience in game and then there was this deep growl like yell from a zombie or whatever and i was like oh my god that looks that sounds scary as hell <laughs> okay sorry that's all <laughs> oh yeah i remember that i thought that that might have been the the tanky dude that we saw oh, from yeah. earlier it could be um but i could be wrong um so there's tall grass for stealth uh, they emphasize like oh it's not going to be like once you're in the grass no one can see you see you like if they get too close they'll still notice you mm-hmm. Um, they made a point to say that running is always a viable option that you do are not like forced into some of these encounters and at the very least running away, um, you can run away to reestablish stealth, which is not like, it is very cool. So it's not like, Oh, once you've already been like detected or whatever, then like you're, you have to go gun blazing the entire way. You can go back and you can resituate and reassess the situation mm-hmm. um, in an effort to, um, if you want to create more diversity in the ways you approach situations, you can break glass and crawl through tight spaces to get in and out of buildings yeah. uh, from different angles and to take on different um, strategies. Ellie is more agile than her enemies and uh, can dodge and counterattack much better than they can. So, mm-hmm. um, Neil Druckmann made a point about how um, players will spend a lot of time timing perfect dodges so that they can really be effective in that close quarters. Combat, use throwables for stuns. uh, Same case as in the first game with, like, picking up bricks and bottles and random stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, He made a point about aiming, like, a well-placed throw will grant a stun. So that might be Mm -hmm. more of an emphasis. I'm thinking, like, maybe if you throw one to the knee that might cause him to like fall over okay right or something like that or straight to the face would cause a hard stun real about that so in the first game there was like a little circle that would just snap onto someone when you were in range mm-hmm. to throw that thing and then you just, right, like, just tap that. it and throw it and this one looks mm-hmm. like it had a very similar thing so it i mean i'm hoping that they kind of get rid of that and you can just throw it like aim it but yeah that that's something like I'm hope- I don't really know. I'm hoping it's like a 
it's like a circle that kind of aims on the person, but you can still, like, move yep. it, and it kind of, like, sticks to them, if that makes sense. Yep, totally makes sense. <clears throat> Excuse me. Like, maybe a head shot, um, chest shot, or leg shot, you can kind of, like, bring the stick down and change that or something. Exactly, and I think it showed that Ellie could, like, shoot someone, like, in the leg for a non-lethal blow, yeah. and then, like, go in for a melee attack. Also... And it affects them anatomically correctly. Yeah. This was brutal. Everything about this gameplay demo was, like, brutal, brutal. Oh, yeah, I have to... Before I go into more, like, gameplay um, yeah. mechanics, there is a part where Ellie climbs up a ladder, throws a Molotov on some random dude and their dog, and you hear the dog whimper it's and literally, so like, sad. cry. And I'm glad that the developer who is playing this game... Excuse me, turned away because I would not have been able to handle no. watching that dog die. No. It's it's a lot. There was a lot of screams coming through the TV in my room when I had the speakers up. And not from me, from the game. Uh, <laughs> but almost from me when the dog died. Yeah. But it's very, like, they're not shying away, dude. She's shanking dudes left and right. Neck. Oh, yeah. At, like, she uses her little There's no mercy. Thing, or her, uh... Butterfly knife. Mm-hmm. Love it. I love that. <laughs> it, she, like, it's on her leg, and she, like, pulls it out, and then swings it out and stabs, and then swings it back and puts it back on her leg. Like, almost as if you there were is still a revolver from Red Dead, which was so sick. Oh, that's sweet. I like that comparison. Um, but there is still a melee weapon degradation. Yep. Which I'm, um, I'm actually okay with. I'm okay with, too. I think it keeps it fresh yeah the game is you know the game is scary because you never have enough weapons to get through an encounter that that helps the game be more scary so Mm -hmm. um allies will meaningfully help you in combat encounters so they will actually like kill people Mm -hmm. and like hit people do whatever like it shows like solely in Um, a charter it's not that was a big thing yes Yeah, yeah yeah um you can find ways to pit multiple types of enemies against each other, like they show where Ellie is in this dark uh, sewage tunnel, uh-huh. and there's, like, these guys who come in with, like, flares, and then in a um, adjacent room, there's a bunch of clickers, so Ellie, like, throws a bottle um, yeah. toward the group of um, the one of the factions, and the noise draws the clickers, and they, like, kill most of them for her. So... Right. There are more solutions to a situation than just going in and killing everyone yourself. Yep. Um, There are new weapon and player upgrades. Uh, There's crafting items through training manuals, which you will find throughout the world. Uh, But they're still continuing the -the on-the-fly crafting system Mm -hmm. that was in the first game. Uh, You see it for smoke bombs. You see it for, like, suppressors. And you see it for, like, a few, for molotovs. Um, there's a new workbench system well, actually, also in which in the uh, yeah. crafting. Sorry, I keep cutting you off. My bad. Uh, no, you're fine. But in the uh, backpack and menu stuff, it looks like you can hold way more weapons and way more craftable things. Like that might be an upgrade. Yeah, it's probably an upgrade. Um, but in Last of Us, even with it fully upgraded, you could only have like two guns and a bow and arrow, and then like maybe two craftables. And it looks like there was, like, mm-hmm. she was scrolling through stuff. So 
that could be really nice if I'm able to craft stuff before an encounter not only on the fly like plan for something because earlier sure. you can't really plan because you can't hold anything hmm interesting yeah okay um in the new workbench system uh they noted that you just use things that you find throughout the world to create mm -hmm. uh, modifications or you can find modifications throughout the world and every modification that you put on a weapon is fully visualized yeah. so that there she shows like Oh, she has a scope for a hunting rifle, so you see her, like, slide the uh, scope on the hunting rifle yeah. and mount it herself. And then throughout the rest of the gameplay, you see that on her hunting rifle. And she'll zoom in on it and everything. It looks sick. Yeah, looks very good. Very, very good. Any other thoughts, Finn? That, that's all on Last of Us 2 that I have. All right. I'm very excited. That's all I have, too. So freaking excited. Very exciting. Um, okay. Now, James. Yesterday. Now, Ben. Yesterday, I wrote out an article. That was an article speculating when the next PS5 event will be. But mm -hmm. that article is completely in the trash now. Because instead of speculating, James, we have something much better. This is much better, ben. breaking news that broke like two hours before we started recording. So... Mm -hmm. Early this morning, PlayStation tweeted, Join us Thursday, June 4th at 1 p.m. Pacific Time for a look at the future of gaming on PlayStation 5. Oh, baby, I was stoked. So underneath that tweet... What they show? Underneath that tweet was a little six-second video that gives us, like, a look at the black... Or you think it's dark blue? I think it's a navy blue. Okay, I would say... It's just what it looked like with the lighting. I'm sorry. Yeah, the lighting is weird. So it might be navy blue, might be black, but a different color of the DualShock, or DualSense 5 nonetheless. So, mm -hmm. thus confirming also... Okay, actually, let's talk about this. Do you think that there's going to be different colors at launch? Like, that either come... You can buy a black PS5 or a white PS5, maybe, or, like, mm -hmm. some sort of combination of that? That doesn't really make sense manufacturing-wise, but they're showing off a black controller right off the bat. I think they will have extra colors of controllers off the bat to purchase, but okay. I don't think they will sell multiple variations of color with the so initial you, console bundle itself. You think the white is going to be the uh, the uh, standard? Um, yes, but that also depends. Okay, so I think it, it will be the controller color that reflects the color scheme of the console. Agreed, yeah. Dude, do you think oh, so? Crap, if it knows? is a white, if so, if the PS5 has white aspects or accents, then the one with the white, the controller with the white, is going to be the one that's bundled sure. with yeah. the um, console. Mm -hmm. Um, so this six-second video was coupled with a very sexy synth that was very PlayStation. It was just a long, drawn-out synth, but it kind of sounded like the boot, like the startup boot. Although mm -hmm. I don't think that will be the startup boot. I believe it'll be different, but that's just what it was similar to. Um, and then Jason Schreier tweeted about this event. He says, in quotes, this will be a good one. And then he has another tweet that says, I'd expect both first and third party games at the PS5 event, and I definitely wouldn't expect every single detail on the machine. I doubt they'll mention the price yet. 
Funny that the company that pulled out of E3 is now the one holding a big game reveal conference in early June. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, someone else tweeted that they think this is going to be a series of videos, and I'm sure this won't be the last PS5 reveal thing. Um, so it makes sense that we're going to get games, but who knows if we'll actually see the console itself uh, yet. I'd love to see the console right. at this event. Um, I would also love to see the console and I think I don't know if we'll get the whole console overview mm-hmm. but I know we will well I don't know anything um, I'm hoping that we do get at least um, a, a, a screenshot or right. you know like the Xbox Series X to where oh hold on uh, okay so it looks like sorry Summer Games Fest tweeted out see you next thursday um and that was in quote of the playstation so they're probably hosting so it. they're probably either hosting it or conducting a dev interview after the fact or something like that because um, sony so things that will cover things on a bank like they'll they'll they go do. through their con they'll go through their boring ass conference you know or it actually won't be boring it's ps5 but They'll go through a mm-hmm. conference doing games and stuff. We won't even mention the PS5 except for these game trailers. Then at the very end, they'll have like a couple seconds of something. That's my guess. Um, mm-hmm. And then, well, that'll tide us over on speculation till the next uh, event. And it's also worth noting that they have also confirmed that it is still launching this holiday and will be a global launch. Yeah, God bless. Right, so that is no, delays. no region restrictions. Um for any countries who will not be able to um, get their hands on a PlayStation right. 5. Which is oh, so good. It is very good. Alright, Ben. Any more thoughts? I'm excited. You're excited. Yep, that's that's pretty much it. Great. I said there. Well, if that wasn't enough to be excited about, we also have a new patent for the DualSense. In which mm-hmm. PlayStation has patented a wireless charger for the DualSense. Um, this comes from Gaming Route, and the patent reads, quote, A wireless charging adapter that can snap onto a computer game controller can be inductively coupled to a charging base to wirelessly recharge a battery in the controller. The adapter can also include keys. Note, the word keys in this, um, in this quote means, the but- means buttons. So yeah. the adapter can also include keys or buttons that mirror buttons on the controller so that a gamer can remove the adapter with the controller from the charging base. Keep <laughs> the adapter on the controller and use both the controller keys and adapter keys to control a video game. So what this means is obviously we have wireless charging, but we have that it says similar to keys on the back of the controller, which has been speculated Mm -hmm. that it would have buttons on the back of the controller, that the wireless charger adapter would also have these same keys so they do not obstruct or um, prevent the use of those buttons on the back of the controller. Mm-hmm. Um, and these buttons, the patent indicates that they're X and O buttons. Um, I don't know if those are just placeholders yeah. or whether, um, I assume maybe they'd be programmable. 
I I hope they're programmable. I hope that the X and the O that they show on there are just mm-hmm. so that you can tell that the patent like looks like mm-hmm. it has buttons like the controller has. Right. Um, the patent also declares that the controller will have a rechargeable battery that is also re- wirelessly rechargeable. So I think then what we were talking about earlier. So that means it sounds like there is a rechargeable battery in the controller that is also wirelessly rechargeable. So mm-hmm. my speculation is, is this like an extended battery pack? And it Here's and that it is... Okay, okay. Here's my what are you vibe. picking up? What are you sniffing out, then? All right, you have your dual. Okay, I'm gonna pull out a controller just for visual representation here. Here's I my... have my dual sense. Yeah, Vin, here's... can you put this patent up on the screen? In I can. Yes, I'll put okay. it up on the screen. So basically, the patent shows a dual. Well, pretty much a dual shock, dual sense. Sorry. And on the back here, clips has two clips that reach over. And mm-hmm. it's a black middle thing right here. I don't know black. I don't know. That was just a guess. Okay. It's like a square. It's just like two struts. Yeah. Now right here, there's two programmable little circle buttons that don't really look in a good space. Like a good spot for me. But we'll see when we get there. So well, that's like where your middle here. fingers rest. Oh yeah. Like, hold your you control with your middle fingers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So two buttons there. Now this thing's kind of beefy, which automatically turns me off of it. I don't want an extra beefy thing on my already kind of beefy controller. But remember, they did say this would be a lighter controller. That's good, I guess. Well, I guess we'll have to see. But so there's a little thing here and it looks like it's mountable onto something else. Right? Mhm. And I Well, hope I was that thinking that charges that mountable thing, I hope charges the controller while it's on there and then when you take it off, that pack that stays on there is also chargeable so then i think and you see figure five on the dog i think that is the side view of what you see okay so it the middle part sticks out look at that because that little square on the right side that's the playstation logo right and so it sticks out so you're just going to put that on the wires wireless charging pad yeah Right. That could be nice. But Go why ahead. not? Sorry. Why not? This is so much better. Have the dual sense already wirelessly chargeable without that. Why can't I just like place that on like a wireless charging thing that I use for my phone or maybe a wireless charging thing that you can buy from PlayStation? You just place it right on there. Or maybe you it's like an upside down a little slot that you drop it into or something, you know? Right. Why do I have but to have I, this beefy thing? Here's here's my thing. Yeah. It says that the DualSense controller will have a rechargeable battery and you can charge it wirelessly too. So I'm thinking, is this just an extension battery pack to allow more playtime on your controller than you would normally? Right. Because and that would be nice a, well. a common trade off for USB C is that though it charges quickly, it doesn't hold a charge as well as another like micro USB, that would just be the battery inside of it, right? So hopefully, the, right. the batteries inside of it is going to be better than these guys because these PlayStation batteries suck on these controllers. One saying like, what if this is just a counteract? Like, if you want more 
game time yeah. out of your controller. You just have this beefy battery pack. Yeah. Then that's fine. Then, then I get you can it. See. The, the yeah. sleek sexiness of the controller goes away with this thing. Unless it looks good or matches. A little it. bit. I don't know. It is it is just a patent, so and patents rarely look as good as the final product. Do you know what this reminds me of also? Like an Xbox what? 360 controller with a fat battery pack in the, on the back of it that you have to like unclip and slap a couple double A's in there. I remember that. You felt like you were loading up like shotgun cartridges. Yeah. And you had to do it every damn day because those batteries died so quick on those controllers. Yeah, I remember those. That's all I got well, on the patent, bro. Like, I it, it's not really clear to me what, like, if it's an extra charger as well as a wireless charger. It has to be. This is also the only invention I've heard of this wireless charger. Um, yeah. So I don't know how liable, reliable it is. And, um, like, PlayStation, or Sony does so many patents. Like, you heard about the robot patent they did. Like, your play, your buddy, you hook yeah, up to your PlayStation, yeah. talks to you while you play games and stuff. Just weird as hell. They, they patent literally everything. Just in mm-hmm. case. Oh, okay. I'm seeing a lot of other people are using the same patent. Um, yeah, Re- a wireless charging adapter that can snap onto a computer game controller and inductively coupled to a charging base to wirelessly recharge battery in the controller. Yeah, um, that's the same thing we just read. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yep. All right. We'll see. Yep, we will see. All right, I'll, uh, um, I can put that graphic up for sure. Yeah, put that graphic up. New PS4 games must also run on PlayStation Five from July. So, uh, Sony tells devs essentially that they have until um, the 13th of July to put in a patch or an update to make their game um, compatible with playstation 5 here's the thing mm-hmm. vin right off the bat um yeah, before me. i get into these notes that you wrote um and are good notes um my concern particularly is for those people who love star wars battlefront 2 and the devs like stopped working on that game and they actually put out the last update so but what sure. could have happened is that this last update might have also prepped it for that right um, yeah but could if they didn't already I'm worried that it won't make it onto Battlefront 2 because a lot of my friends love to play Star Wars Battlefront 2. Dude, I act, Battlefront 2 on the PS5 would look so nice. Like, it's already Ooh, a great looking game. It runs so well. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, can you imagine? Wow, that would be, um, be really cool to play, actually. Yeah, that would be cool. Uh, Sony has told PlayStation 4 game developers that any new titles submitted for certification must also be compatible with PlayStation 5 beginning 13th July. So, like, they need to submit for compatibility by the 13th mm-hmm. of July. Um, this means all PS4 games received by Sony for testing after the middle of that month are technically forward compatible yeah. or playable on Sony's next-gen console. So, um, any game that comes out after July 13th is backwards compatible with PlayStation 5. Is that correct, Ben? Um, there's a couple exceptions underneath, uh, that note, but from what I'm seeing, yes. 
But also, just okay. to preface this, if I was a dev on a game right now, I would not launch a game until the PS5 is launching. And I would launch it um, on both PS4 and PS5 after the PS5 is out. There, I would not... Let's say, I'm, let's say I'm a dev at a uh, third-party studio, and I've been working on my game for years. I'm not going to mm-hmm. release my game on the PS4 right now when there's only f- like a couple months till the PS5. And it, it's going to get forgotten about unless it's ported. What are you doing, CD Projekt Red? Exactly. Even if it's ported over, the game's forgotten about. It's like, it's you've had a couple months. I would launch that baby. Well, remember, like, they still do have that audience. Right? Remember, yeah, the they, PlayStation yeah. 5s are going to be in limited availability. And yeah. a lot of people won't make the Switch right away. That's why I'd launch it on right? both. Right? Remember, you have that you have that Christmas crowd that, mm-hmm. like... That's going to be their Christmas present. Um, yeah. Granted, there's still units to sell for Christmas. Um, yeah. Which honestly. I'm sure Sony will find a way to get it out yes, before Christmas because that's when they make a huge amount of their sales. A butt ton um, of money. But ton of money, absolutely. Um, though, sorry, to get back into it. Um, yeah. Though this decision <laughs> to be forward compatible is completely up to each game developer to ensure right. that this is the case developer documentation details an option where they must check to state their game um, that it has been tested for compatibility with playstation 5 hardware yeah. so they must run and make sure and test compatibility with playstation 5 hardware before um, submitting this certification um, so you still developers that will contact them contact them individually with details on how exactly to do this in order of uh, their various projects release. I'm sure um, all the PS5 like dev kits and stuff, I'm sure there's not unlimited of them right now. So whether sure. that be sending them a temporary one or the devs sending PlayStation it to, to test it, I don't really know how that works. Sure. Mm. I'm sure they would make it they would Sony's always good about developer interaction yeah. and I'm sure they would find ways to do this very uh, efficiently a developer can't flag their game as PS5 compatible but not provide support for a certain mode on next gen hardware so yeah um, basically it has to does this mean they can't flag it unless it is fully supported on next gen hardware from my understanding yeah that's what that means uh, I, it's like you can't port I know this is uh, this is not a good example but like you can't port Modern Warfare if you can't play the campaign that's like that you know what I mean if you can only play mm-hmm. multiplayer on next gen then it's not considered PS5 compatible like you can play it but you can, it's it. not considered it's not on the Got list it. I see but that was a bad that example because I'm sure that Modern, Modern Warfare is such a hit I'm sure that's going to be playable on PS5 right I'm trying to think of another example, but I just can't. Um, If a game was originally submitted to Sony before the 13th of July 2020, any new patch or remaster after that date would not require PS5 compatibility, but it would be strongly recommended, in quotes. Um, That's probably for... um, I don't know. Why do you think that would be? Uh, I guess it's... I don't really know. If the game's already out and it's just a patch afterwards, 
Hold on. Let me, I'm going to read this again. Okay. If a game was originally submitted to Sony before July 13th, right? So they put in patch, yeah. the they put in the certification request before Jul- 13th of July yeah. 2020. Oh, perfect. No, this is fine. Um, it just means that if you patch a game after it's already considered PS5 compatible, um, you don't have to reapply for PS5 compatibility. But you should check it. You should check the patch because it's safer that way. But you don't oh, have to. okay. Yeah, I see. It's I just see. one less step for the devs to do, I think. That's that's what I'm cool. reading. Cool. And then finally, if a game was originally submitted to Sony after 13th of July 2020, any future patch or remaster to that game would need to keep PS5 compatibility. So yep. it's not like they can release a game or a patch that would not make it PS5 compatible mm-hmm. after that date. Once a game is PS5 compatible, it must say so. Yep. So there's no... You can't go back and be like, oh, wait, 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 wait. We're not going to make this PS5 compatible. Mm-hmm. That's the final deadline. Right. Which sure I don't understand why a developer would want that. Right, yeah, me neither. But Sony, but that does make it easier for Sony. Sony is going to want a fat list of every single game you could play on PS5, and they're going to release that, and people are going to be stoked, right? <clears throat> like, because mm-hmm. there's going to be those obscure titles that I don't even know about that there's a diehard fan base for that are like, oh shit, I cannot wait to play that on PS5, even though like, right. I might not care about the game at all, and they're going to have that. Sony's going to have that long ass list, and there's going to be a lot of those people that find their game on mm-hmm. there that are going to be so excited. So yeah, good stuff. Persona 5, I'm calling it. You think so? Probably. I think so. I don't see why not. Yeah, they just released yeah. Persona 5 Royale, dude. They'll, they'll for sure put that on PS5. Exactly. But, enough PS5 news for today. Actually, there's a little more later on. Uh, but we're going to shift gears a little bit to Xbox Series X with some new uh, information on it. Um, cool. So the Series X adds 4K, HDR, and better frame rates to backwards compatible games. Now, we knew that they were trying this, and we know Play- or PlayStation was trying this too with backwards compatibility games, um, but this is confirmed now. So, Jason Ronald, director of program management for the Xbox Series X, explained that not only will players have access to over a thousand older games at launch, but they'll also experience substantially better performance when playing them too. Ronald stated, with more than a hundred thousand hours of game of playtesting already completed, Thousands of games are already playable on the Xbox Series X today, from the biggest blockbusters to cult classics and fan favorites. Many of us in Team Xbox play on the Xbox Series X daily as our primary console, and switching between generations is seamless. Not only should gamers be able to play all these games from the past, but they should play better than ever before. Backwards compatibility games run natively on the Xbox Series X hardware, running with the full power of the CPU, GPU, and SSD. No boost mode, no downclocking. The full power of the Xbox Series X for each and every backwards compatible game. Wow. They're pull- That's no punches pulled in yeah. those statements. No punches okay, pulled. I got a couple more. In partnership mm-hmm. with the Xbox Advanced Technology Group, Series X delivers a new innovated, innovative HDR reconstruction technique which enables the platform to automatically add HDR to support support to games. As this technique is handled by the platform itself, it allows us to enable HDR with zero impact to the game's performance. 
and we can also apply it to Xbox 360 and original Xbox titles developed almost 20 years ago, well before the existence of HDR. Jim, That's impressive. You're telling me these guys are writing a program that is going to add HDR automatically to games that are like 30 years old, 25 years old. Yeah, yeah, like Halo 2. Well, yep. it says almost 20 years ago, so that means okay. that doesn't necessarily mean past 20 years um, yeah. or even 20 years. Um, sure. So that would be like anything before 2000, right? Which is reasonable um, because the Xbox is like started, like the, their prime was early 2000s. Yeah. Right. I'm, um, when did I'm the sure Xbox even example. come out? I'm not sure. But I'm sure this guy... Uh, Jason Ronald has an example. Came out in, in 2001, right so it doesn't. Sure. Okay. Sure. Like, he has an example in his mind of a game that is playing from 2001 on the Xbox Series X with HDR. That's why he's saying almost mm-hmm. 20 years ago. It's probably like um, Halo 2 or something. Yeah, it's got to be a, a big one. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, and the compatibility team has invented brand new techniques that enable even more titles to run at higher resolutions and image quality while still respecting the artistic intent and vision of the original creators. We are also creating whole new classics. Oh God! We are also creating whole new classes of innovations, including the ability to double the frame rate of select titles from 30 FPS well, to 60 FPS, or 60 FPS to 120 FPS. 120 frames per second. That's very impressive. These are great Here's numbers. Here's what Xbox. I think that's for. On these older okay. games, you can run those in high FPSs now, like yes, easy. So I'm assuming if because they're play, easy to run. Yeah, exactly. They can. Um, the graph. You don't have to use the whole graph, all the graphics. You know what I mean? You're instead mm-hmm. using those to boost the frames because you're still seeing the game at full quality. It's just like a PC would work. Exactly. So that is super exciting. Um, that Xbox just can come out and say this on a Tuesday afternoon. You know. Like, they, they mm-hmm. didn't even need a big event, which is telling me they have more big things to announce. Mm. The competition, James, is is tough this year. It's tough. But I love to see that, because that's going to make each side better. That's that's what good competition mm-hmm. does. It's healthy. Yep. No um, one does not benefit from competition. Right. Oh, it's got to be so good, dude. Mm-hmm. I hope, I really hope PS5 can compete with some of this. I really do. I think they'll be able to do, especially with some of the stuff that we've been hearing about their SSD. Yeah. The only sad... I really... I want PlayStation to just come out and defy all the rumors and say, you can play your PS3 games. You can play your PS2 games. I really want them to say that. And I just... It doesn't... It's not looking like it. So Xbox saying that you can play original Xbox games is... It's pretty nice. Yeah. um, The... Okay. So the only way that I think they would be able to effectively do that... See, Xbox has a leg up on this because they have Xbox Game Pass in which yep. they've already been releasing old Xbox games through. Right. Right. And so the only medium that Sony has to do that in a digital library is PlayStation Now. Which um, is which only has last time I checked only about 2.2 was it 2.2 million? Yeah. So it's like less than a subscribers percent of the, less of than the a percent base. of the total PlayStation uh, user base. And yeah. so, um, I think that if they're going to do that, they need to re 
revamp the entirety of PlayStation Now. That's mm-hmm. what I want to see. I want to see it become more of an Xbox Game Pass sort of thing yep. uh, to compete with that because I just think that would be the smart thing to do. Right. But I understand if Sony doesn't want to just feel like they're following the competition. Sony's mm-hmm. always been more of like a we're going like a sure. separate direction as yeah. Xbox and they want to differentiate themselves uh, from them and not just try and play, go back and forth and playing catch up to the other. Yeah. Um, you know, and you see that in the specs, you see that in the way that the console runs. Right. Um, yeah. I, I just, I really, I seriously am really hoping that it's more backwards compatible than just PS4 at the end of the day. I don't think, I don't think I really care. Yeah. I, overall, I don't Because I don't have a desire to play old games. It's, it's those random moments where I want to play old games, that would be really nice to have it. But mm-hmm. I don't see them supporting sure. the discs. You know what I mean? Exactly. So you're right. You're really right. You bring up a great point. But And Xbox isn't really necessarily saying that they're going to support the discs either. They're just saying you can play those old Xbox right. games. Because right now, right. on the Xbox One, um, or the X, yeah, whatever the hell Xbox they're on, um, Xbox One, mm-hmm. you can put the disc in, but it downloads the game. So, like, mm. you have to put the disc in to play it. For instance, I, I have a lot of friends that jump on Black Ops on their... Uh, they play their Xbox 360 version of Black Ops on their Xbox One. Um, sure. Uh, but it's not actually reading the disc. It's like a version that's downloaded, but it needs the disc to start the game. I see. So, I, I don't know. Just like the normal... You play a disc game on a normal Xbox or... Xbox yeah. um, 1 or right. PS4. Whereas, like, the PS2, right. it relied on the disc to play the game. Right. So, that's a big difference, too. I can see them doing, like, a... Like, a... Selling a bulk price. Or... Okay, two two options. Either mm-hmm. a bulk price, and you get access to this... Like, this is the Xbox, like, gold hits... The like, library, yeah. Collection. Yeah, mm-hmm. the Xbox original collection, and so you have this library of like twenty, thirty, even like maybe fifty, hundred games. Yeah, in there, and you have one bulk price. Sure, that is probably going to be inflated because it's yeah. nostalgic, mm-hmm. right? So let's say like you get a hundred bucks, you pay a hundred bucks for like thirty games, fifty games yeah. or some thirty, fifty, whatever, um, and you get full access as long as you pay that hundred dollars for that one bulk price or they'll do um separate subscriptions for um it'll probably be tier based so like you'd have if you just want the x the whole x original xbox library you can pay like 10 bucks a month Mm -hmm. or five bucks a month or whatever and then you have access to the original or if you want the xbox 360 library yeah you pay um like another five bucks to step up to to step up so or if you want the whole shebang it's like a slightly reduced price of like seven dollars a month yeah now do you think because the switch has the snes and the nes games on there so you're thinking similar Mm -hmm. to that but instead of the subscription to nintendo online it would be a subscription on top of xbox game pass or xbox online service i think it would be plausible to put that with Xbox Game Pass, but I, I don't think they'd awesome. do it with Xbox Live. Yeah, I, I think if they had those backwards compatibility games, 
Dude, they could just put him in Game Pass and raise the price of Game Pass. That's also what I was thinking. Like, yeah. instead of having, what is it, $15 a month for Game Pass? Yo, it would cheaper, go up to bro. 20 I think it's cheaper than 15 Is it cheaper? Yeah. Really? Maybe well, it's 15 for Xbox and PC, but you can buy just PC or just Xbox for cheaper. Okay, so you have, like, what, 749 or something like yeah, that yeah, for um, Game Pass, and then jump it up to, like, 10 or 12 mm-hmm. for the... Um, the price of right. getting access to the original titles. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool to And like maybe see. I and here's the thing, I don't know if Microsoft would just put all of them out there because yeah, Xbox mean, Game Pass is a rotating sort of thing. They'd probably want to do it to try and make it as fresh as possible and give people like keep people yeah. invested in those old game libraries. So it'll be like, oh for this month we have like Halo two and then, like, two months later, they'll be like, all right, Halo 2's leaving, so play it while it's still here. Which, But we got, like, Red Dead Revolver or something like that. Here's my quick thought on that, though. Um, the difference is, when they take games out of Game Pass right now, you mm-hmm. can go buy them at the store and keep playing it. But if a game right. leaves, oh, if a backwards okay. compatibility game leaves Xbox, there's literally no other way to play it. Mm. That's, and I think that's going to be a problem that they run into, too, if they do it like that. Well, okay. Wow. That's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yep, yep. All right. All right, that's all I got, man. So, GameSpot announces Play for All. This is from Lucy James at GameSpot. Um, starting June 1st, GameSpot teams up with the biggest names to donate to COVID relief charities, all while all the while covering video game releases. Daily gaming live streams from 12 p.m. to 2 p.m. That's starting next Monday, I believe. Um, weekly updates, weekly news updates about upcoming games and multiple exclusives will be announced. Now, they had like a six-minute video just to have those four points in there, so it was very inflated. <laughs> um, but here's really, like, okay, yes, it's good to know. Um, but here's where I, I'm following on this right now. IGN already sure. has their summer of gaming. Um, there's already Summer Games Fest right now. Uh, and mm-hmm. all of them are boasting that they have all these exclusives that they're going to announce, right? Ubisoft sure. is having their own conference. Most of these major, like some of the major ones are having their own conferences. Right now, my thoughts are we're spread very thin. People aren't going to remember to tune into every single company's thing. Like, in, in sure. my, if I was any of these developers or companies, I would be going with Summer Game Fest and then having Summer Game Fest do like an event in association with IGN or an association with GameSpot and kind of split those up because like um, the average person is not going to remember Summer Game Fest, Summer of Gaming and Play for All as three different things. Right, right. Plus State of Play, Xbox's events. That's a lot of play and a lot of summer. Right. It's there's so many I, I like what they're doing. I like that they're raising money for COVID and they're trying to get more gaming news out there. But it's mm-hmm. like so much. There's like, which I can't complain. I can't complain that there's a lot of gaming news because I love that. I'm just right. I'm just <clears throat> thinking it's in too many different outlets that they're not going to get their points across. Sure. Um, yeah. So the way I can see this playing out is, first of all, like this is, nothing but beneficial yeah. um, to the to the consumer, yep. right? 
as long as they're getting more reveals, more things to look forward to, I think this is a win-win. Yep. Um, I think it's interesting. I think the best move would be for it all to go through Summer Games Fest because um, Jeff Keighley is the head big games right. conference guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think he would be the good man. Um, I want to kind of base my thinking off of what he did for the PlayStation reveal event next um, next week. Next week, yeah. And so that, like, Summer's Game Fest tweeted out, like, oh, like, can't wait for this. And I guess either they're going to host it or in some way be connected to that. And so I think whatever stance they take for that event, I think they should kind of model that for these others. Right. Um, I also think this is very... Um, this is kind of like a rough draft, if you will, for this sort of content output yeah. because this is a very new thing sure. and this is the replacement of E3. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think like they have time to kind of figure out how they want to do things individually mm-hmm. as well as do things um, collectively and have like big conferences and yeah. Um, a lot of people tuning in um, and so like some people like I'm just going to jump straight into yeah, yeah. Um, IGN's so they shared details for their summer of gaming uh, 2020 and this is Joe Scrabbles from IGN and so um, they're also doing a whole month so doing the whole throughout the whole month of June also one thing to notice is mm-hmm. I don't think any of these dates are conflicting so I am glad that it seems like they don't, um, I, I could be totally wrong, but like from what I've seen, um, it is nice for the consumer because they don't have to pick and choose between different outlets right. um, of what to believe. Um, so in addition to uh, this IGN Summer of Gaming 2020, they're doing an IGN Expo, which is like their token little conference themselves. Yeah. And it's their own showcase for exclusive announcements and reveals from developers. And that's June 5th, 8th, and 9th. Um, They're partnering with CD Projekt Red, Blizzard, and Xbox. Um, So, so, it's so weird to me, dude. Because Xbox already has a thing with Summer Games Fest. Like, did IGN mm -hmm. just sign them a deal to get out of that? To, like, go into their thing? I don't know. Maybe Xbox just wants more. I think summer games. This is this is what no, this is what I'm thinking. So remember you'd watch um you'd watch uh an Xbox conference, right? Yeah. And I think they would have their stage conference or whatever. It would either be Xbox like putting it on themselves or it'd be through Summer Games Fest, yep. right? And then you would get a lot of exclusive interviews and gameplays and first look things that you would get normally from a news outlet like IGN. You make me and a good so point. I think yeah. this is so I think this is taking the place of that, where sure. instead of having, like, people, like, videos of people at booths, like, interviewing developers, or having, like, you know, the couches where they yep. would sit down and they'd mm-hmm. talk about the game, where there's someone playing it in the background, instead of having that, they're saying, all right, we're just going to take all these little things that we would normally do, like, traditional journalism yeah. for, and we're just taking that and building an event around that and they have their own pre-show i think it's funny that they have pre-show coverage for their own events Mm um yeah it's like what what are you not um anyway (laughs) james so this is a good point i i didn't even think about that because really ign and GameSpot and those media coverage gaming sites this time of year Mm -hmm. is their 
biggest time of year because of yes. these events. And everybody in their company says that on podcasts or whatever. It's it's, it's not unknown information. So yes. by everything going online, they're losing so much business like through mm-hmm. these events. So you're, you're totally right. You're totally right. This is a way um, that they can make up for that and do their own thing. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't even think about that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it'll be interesting to see how different, like these are two big <clears throat> companies, big journalism oh, yeah. companies doing this. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see how some of these smaller journalists are going to try and, um, get by and try and, um, right. Like, will this, um, what's the word <coughs> I'm looking for? Will this, uh, liquidize? I mean, make cash Liquidate? money. Will, or will this like, um, separate and like weed out the smaller journalists uh, who are not able to host the like be a part of these events in which I think they do get to like the thing is for the smaller ones they're already banking on the big news stories that IGN and GameStop GameSpot and all these things break so those journalists mm-hmm. are going to write about the stuff regardless but there are journalists who are not affiliated with IGN or GameSpot right. who do yeah. normally would get passes to E3 yep. And are able to do their own journalism there. Yep. So I'm, They're I'm a little worried about the little guy here. They're taking the hit. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's true. All the little, little guys are taking the hit in this Corona, dude. Mm-hmm. That's how it goes. Dang, it sucks. Big suck. However, um, they're also IGN, also hosting charity events in support of the World Health Organization's COVID-19 Solidarity Response Fund, mm-hmm. uh, and they're doing a lot of fun things too. Uh, two of which they talked about work. Um, excuse me, IGN Celebrity Island tours and Animal Crossing New Horizons, <laughs> of which Gary Witta's going to be on there. Of course, what um, a guy. writer for Rogue One, who's been doing Animal Crossing New Horizon uh, to- or Animal Talking, which is a talk show on Animal Crossing, in which he's had multiple celebrities on there. Uh, they're going to do a speedrunner countdown challenge, which sounds to me just like oh. Sounds to me like they're just going to do a bunch of speed runs, yep. and there's more to come from that. Vinny, so any closing thoughts? Not on that. I think I closed it up right before that. That's all I got. Cool. I'm excited um, just because this means we're getting a lot of news, a yep, lot of things to look news. forward to. I can't complain too Speaking much. Speaking of things to look forward to, Vin. Speaking of things to look forward to, we've been talking about this actually like a while ago. We talked about some Metroid Prime Trilogy uh, leaks, and today... We have another big leak that could point to an even a release date for the Metroid Prime trilogy. Wow, Coming incredible. Yes. This comes from Emily Guerra at VG247. Video Games 24 Probably stands for video games. Yes, sir. Um, the long-rumored port of Metroid Prime trilogy could be coming to Nintendo Switch next month, according to a listing from Swedish retailer Inet. The online retailer, which is, in fact, the original source of that years-old rumor... After the trilogy and its intended platform were revealed on its website back in 2018, has updated the game page with a release date. The Metroid Prime wow. trilogy will reportedly release for Switch on June 19th, but obviously take that with a grain of salt. The, re- the retailer hasn't been the only source of the rumored Switch trilogy. Last year, Nintendo Insider, I don't know, Kinzel, who has previously proven to be a reliable source of uh, Nintendo Info suggested the company was gearing up to reveal Metroid Prime Trilogy during its February Nintendo Direct. Alas, it did not come to pass. 
U.S. retailer Best Buy also got tongues wagging when it posted a retail listing for the trilogy in its staff-only database. So from multiple sources, oh, we have a picture, too, of the retailing. It shows cover art and everything. What? Yeah, it, it shows it shows the cover art, full description. So, like, wow. this, I... Wow, wow, wow. Least, it looks like this is coming. It's not just word wow. of mouth. It's, like, listings and everything, too. I'm sure Amazon is going to be the next person to F up and put it on their website, so... Because <laughs> they're they all. I'm ecstatic, Vin. I love Metroid. Okay, big gamer sin. I've never played Metroid before. Oh, Vin, Besides, it's like, so good. Well, I've played Metroid like on the Switch, the NES port of it. I played like halfway mm-hmm. through that. But other than that, I've never played. Okay. It. Besides playing, uh, besides playing my girl, uh, Samus in uh, in Smash. It's got. Oh my god, it's got so much uh, gameplay variety, it's got exploration, uh, it's got puzzles of trying to figure out how to get through certain rooms, mm-hmm. it's very like segmented levels where like, oh you're in this room and you're trying to get to this room so you gotta go back through this room and use the thing that you just got to like figure out how to do the puzzle yeah. and get the uh, the room adjacent to the previous one. Okay. Um, and you, as you progress, you get, like, there's different suits that you have for Samus for, like, yeah. different situations. And you have, like, different types of, you know, like, the cannon. You get, like, yeah. different types of, like, ammo for, like, different types of enemies and, cool. like, things to use. It just, it's very cool. I think it is very ahead of its time. This um, would be a very good of, Switch port, then. It sounds like it's going to be right on, right on for what it does. I hope it's a great Switch port. Um, yeah. I, I'm going to buy it. Sweet. I am going to buy it. Because I only played the first one. I didn't play 2 yeah. or Other M or yeah. any of the... Yeah. You know. I'd be interested in checking it out, too, for sure. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Wow, wow, wow. All right. Any closing thoughts? That's all I got. All right. So, the Dishonored series, a series that we haven't seen since Dishonored 2, um, has not been put on hold, says Arcane. Uh, this is an article that comes from IGN Middle East from Mufadal Fakhrudin. Um, probably butchered that. Yeah. Um, so in an interview with IGN Middle East to celebrate the studio's 20th year anniversary, which was yesterday, um, Arkane Studios co-creative director Dinga Bakaba said that the rumors of putting the Dishonored series on hold because we haven't seen any of it for a few years. Um, Mm -hmm. Putting the Dishonored series on hold was misquoted and no one and no such decision has been taken so far. Um, So Bakava did say that they wouldn't be revisiting the Caldwin storyline again, the storyline that both Dishonored 1 and 2 followed. And so they said that that story is complete but that doesn't mean it's the end for the franchise or for the world that Dishonored yeah, yeah. Uh, takes place in. I personally really enjoy the world that they set up for Dishonored. It's cool. It's like steampunky, yeah. kind of. Um, there's like magic and sort of like um, more like mystical sort of things going on. Um, so I haven't you played Dishonored like, one and two. I haven't played all the way through. Like I had a buddy that had it, and I when we went to his house, we might we played like one sometimes like played levels um or just kind of went around um but mm-hmm. from what i played it was fun cool i was a big fan of the first game yeah 
I love the um, the stealth kind of like choose yep. your approach, choose the way you want to play mm. um, sort of games, and I think Dishonored did that really well. Um, I remember going like, on kind of shocked. Go ahead. That you could like kill a person and then carry him over the shoulder and then like throw him and like stuff like that. Like I had never seen that in a game <laughs> when it came out. It, it's not even really mm-hmm. that big of a like mechanic in the game or anything. It was just like. Bro, we can kill this guy and like throw him over the balcony or something. Like it was the stupidest mm-hmm. crap. But like I was like, this is cool. I don't know. That was, well, I it. think at that like this game put in a lot of those like smaller things like body yeah. relocation. Yeah. Like I know a big thing was like hiding bodies, mm-hmm. so you could like open up a dresser and like yeah. put a body in it. Or another thing was like you had a power where you could like summon rats, and so you could have oh, rats like eat dead bodies. Ugh, um, yeah. So that it would get rid of the evidence, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember it just it was a very dynamic stealth game. There's a lot of and options. So I I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, I'd be interesting to see a next gen Dishonored. I'd be very interested in that. I would love to replay them on next gen, especially. Ooh. I never played the second one. Okay. Um, and I would have really liked to, especially because Emily's move set looked really cool. <laughs> um, going on, Bakava said Arcane is not. Oh, a studio of one game and I don't think it ever will be uh, Arcane has other plans uh, for other types of creative visions they want to do one of which is uh, Deathloop which we saw a few years ago in just a cinematic trailer I mentioned it a few weeks ago yeah. on the podcast mm-hmm. um, as just games that have been announced but we haven't seen anything for Deathloop mm-hmm. is an action adventure game that follows two assassins in a mind bending story with meticulously designed levels um, and a release date for the game is yet to be revealed. Any thoughts? Cool. I mean, cool. It sounds like they're working on not only Deathloop, but they're hinting at another Dishonored, at least at the very least. Sure. So, sure. Yeah, I'd be very interested yeah. in uh, playing a new Dishonored. Maybe like a Corvo origin story. Well, I mean. I mean, they said it was they were done with that storyline. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Maybe a one-off. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I but don't know the universe well enough to make a decision. We have PlayStation Plus June games announced as our final story of the day. Call of Duty World War Two confirmed, and at the beginning of the week, that was the only game confirmed. There were rumors circulating that Battlefront Two was the other free game, and there were screenshots of ads and stuff. Um, and then just two days after those rumors, it is confirmed Battlefront 2 is the second game in the lineup, which, James, this is awesome. Uh, uh, <laughs> there's going to be a whole new load of players that just thought this game was trash at the beginning that are going to actually realize, like, okay, this game is good now. It's not just, like, okay, it's good now. Um, now we won't have, like, level 100, like, invaders exactly. and Obi-Wan Kenobis running James, around all the time. I won't be absolutely sweated in Battlefront anymore. It will be, like... It's true. I'm pretty, like... I'm not the worst ranked in the game or anything. I'm, like, a little leveled up, but not enough mm-hmm. that I get shit on by the high-level players. So this will be perfect for me if I re-download this. Can't wait. Mm-hmm. I can't wait either. It's going to be great. Yes, um, it is. I'm sitting right there with you where I never... Here's my thing about Battlefront, Ben. Mm-hmm. I like to play the game, and I like to play the units. Like, playing the heroes is fun, Yeah. but, like, the highlight for me is playing, like, the... Well, rest in peace, Arc Trooper, because he got nerfed into the ground. F. Um, double F. Um, like, the Arc Trooper or the Commando mm-hmm. or, like, 
the B2 super battle droids are, like, those kind of beefed-up units that, like, I think they keep me a little more, like, engaged consistently. Yeah. Rather than, like... Like, being Obi-Wan is cool. Sure. But, like, I feel like I get targeted too much for me to actually, like, have as much fun as I would a normal unit. Anyway, I'm excited to have newbies. You get to choose. They give you a lot of options in that game. And a lot of them are viable, too. Yep. Gotta give it to him for that. You know what it's time for. Artifest, baby. Fun stuff. Here we are. We got four. A a small four items on random fun stuff today. Mm -hmm. Let's just bang them out. Every other. First one. No Man's Sky coming to Xbox Game Pass in June to PC and Xbox. Woo! James, you screamed so loud that it didn't even register in the mic for me. I'm sure we'll hear it in your audio. Oh, though. baby. <laughs> yep. Um, I'm so excited because, Vin, I've been telling you yep. that I want to play this game so damn bad. And now that I um, subscribe to Game Pass for my PC mm-hmm. for that $1, $1 a month, ooh, how could I not? How could I not? Exactly. Um, I finally get to play this, and not only do I get to play, but I get to play with my PC specs, and I get to ball out. Um, James, we can play No Man's Sky together. On the PC. Finally, Vin. Oh my! Finally, gosh. it has been a long time coming. Um, I'm excited. So Vin is I. excited. You should be excited too if you're an Xbox or a PC owner. Borderlands Handsome Collection is also free on the Epic Games Epic Game Store. Um, other games that you should definitely play if you haven't already. Um, that's Borderlands 1, 2, and the hands, or uh, the pre-sequel. Yep. Um, all three good games. Yeah. Uh, Fast and Furious Crossroads had a gameplay trailer out. Uh, and if you check it out, <laughs> it looks like a PS2 port with quick time events and, and I quote, gadgets. You can use gadgets to take gadgets. down the enemy. Wow. It actually looks pretty arcadey, and if it was $5, I'd buy it. But it's going to be $60, <laughs> and I'm definitely going to avoid it at all costs. You think it's going to be $60? 100%. Are you kidding me? Bro, they got Vin Diesel in there. It's going to be 60 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> no question about it. Wow. They got to hire um, that voice cast, I'm... bro. That's expensive. That, that's a pretty penny. That's going to be at least a $60 game. <laughs> Vin Diesel's like, make it 80. I need a 30% cut of this game. <laughs> God. That's all. That's all on Crossroads. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm not going to play this game at all. No. BlizzCon 2020 is canceled. Blizzard confirms that the event won't happen this year. It was expected. No, F. everyone saw this coming. Yeah. Yeah, still an F. I don't um, know. Just beat I, a dead horse again with the coronavirus canceling events. So there it is in RFS. Yeah, I'm looking forward to see how they implement um, their own, like, announcements or whatever oh, into hey. the sphere of Summer Games Fest or their own thing. Yeah, or... now they have Summer Games Fest, they have Summer of oh, Games. Oh, IGN and... is partnering with Blizzard. Oh, that's right. We did read it. We did talk about that. So. There it is. Um, I assume they'll at least announce something through IGN. Yep. And there it is. There it is. Ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for Ladies joining us on episode 17 of Strictly Casual. Linked below will be our Discord, Twitches, anything to just to hang out and get in contact with us. Um, 
Uh, oh, next week we will 100% be covering the PS5 uh, event. So mm-hmm. be ready for that. That'll be super exciting. That's all I got for you today. That's all we got. That's all we got. Any final thoughts? Thank you so much for tuning in. Sweet. Bet. You guys are great. Yeah. Peace out, everybody. Peace out. Peace out. Boo! 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 Bo